Welcome again to the Whack World Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola on the East Coast. Joining us remotely is Mike Simon. Hi, Mike. Hi, Roman, Leif, and Dan. How are you all? I feel like we just did this. Yes. It's, it's no, that, that's not true again. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by uh, Leif Johnson on my left. Hello. And the most important man in the room, Dan Masuoka. Still here. Dan Masuoka is still here. He's the most important man in the room because he's checking our Twitter and YouTube feeds. And that's how I found out that we did not have any sound so, the first time we tried this. Yeah. Now we have sound. See, that's how important he is. Exactly. Because if he wasn't here, we were literally we would talking still to nobody. Be talking, and you guys wouldn't hear us at all, and we wouldn't have a clue as to what was going on. But it was a good conversation. So. And, and then I would end up, you know, posting the, the video and be like, "Oh, there's no sound." <laughs> so we have sound this time, and sounds important. And sound is actually the latest meme on the internet. So, <laughs> the, the original See, we introduction. We didn't have that transition the first time around. <laughs> yes. Our first time around, when we originally uh, started this podcast, we talked about the whole Yanni Laurel uh, phenomenon that's on the internet right now. And so, be interested to know what people, if people have uh, run into this and if. You hear either Yanni or Laurel. So just to give a little bit of background, there's an audio file that you can find on the internet. It's a poorly recorded audio file. And it's sort of like the whole blue, black, white, gold dress picture thing that happened a couple of years ago. Some people hear the words Yanni. Some people hear the words Laurel. Now, when I ran into this, I actually read an article about it. And before I read the article, I heard, listen to the sound file and i heard the word yanni and then after i uh, read the article i heard the word laurel and i can only hear the word laurel and it was all on this laptop so uh for me it's probably like a subconscious thing now i don't know but uh depending on what audio device you listen to sometimes you might hear a different word but i uh, heard laurel on my phone clearly repeatedly yeah, and then I tried this morning. I came across something, and I, I did it on my uh, MacBook, and it was clearly Yanni. And then I went back to my phone, and it was again clearly Laurel. So clearly, it has something to do with your speakers and right. uh, whatever bass trouble, whatever's coming out of your speaker. I didn't try with headphones. I should I should give that a shot. Yeah. Does it matter that Mike's video is not synced up with his audio? Oh, come on now. <laughs> We're not doing this again, Lee. It's only <laughs> off by yes. like a second and a half. It is true, yes. yeah. It's like watching so. a poorly dubbed movie. <laughs> so. I think I think we live with it. Uh, it maybe, are you getting that comment, Leaf, on, on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> maybe we maybe we can do the same thing. Right. <laughs> and then and then so Mike won't feel so alone. Poor Mike. I'll just I'll just interrupt people all day long. <laughs> but life, you kind of heard a munging of the words. Is that correct? When I first woke up, listened to it on my iPhone, <laughs> and I heard Yanni while I was sitting in bed, like, "What the heck is this?" And then I got to work, put on my AirPods on my MacBook, and uh, I initially, for like one second, heard Yanni, but then it, I heard it like train changing. My my voice heard my my ears heard it transition, so it was like Yarl, yeah. And so, and then I could only hear Laurel after that. But it was interesting the way it changed. And Yanni, if you haven't ever heard either one of them, Yanni sounds very computerized, whereas Laurel actually sounds like a, a person speaking in a kind of fairly baritone voice. So, yeah, once you hear Laurel to me, you can't ever hear Yanni again. So it's like a conversion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, Dan, you haven't participated in, in this yet, have you? No. Good. No, not at all. But Good. you should know about it. <laughs> and, and when you were saying I was like, Yanni is in, like, the musician Yanni, or I was like, <laughs> and Laurel is in, like, Laurel and Hardy. I was like, what the he- what's going on? Exactly. Uh, but now that Yanni you've... actually, he, uh, uh, he had a good tweet last night where he said, like, I, I, I always hear Yanni or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, in addition to Yanni and Laurel, today we're going to be talking about uh, the anniversary of the Apple Store. We're going to talk about what we'd like to see in iOS 12 with the uh, Worldwide Developers Conference coming up soon. But the first topic we're going to talk about is uh, 
cloud storage. In particular, we're talking about Google One and iCloud. Uh, yesterday, Google One was announced by Google. The following so last week, they had the developers their I/O developers conference, and then you know, just when you thought it was done, they came out with a new announcement yesterday about yeah. Google One, uh, and it's their. Google One is this new. Is it fair to say it's new? It's it's not really new, right, Mike? It's it's, it's more like it's their pay tiered. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a rebranding. Yeah, it's like a rebranding of their storage, uh, and you know there are a lot of Apple users that use Google services and Google One, uh, and a lot of people who use iCloud. Uh, or a lot of people who use Google One because they don't want to use iCloud, so to speak. Because, Google Drive is not right now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Google One is basically the paid tier of yeah. Google Drive. If you have a free 15 gig Google Drive account, you're still going to have a free uh, Google Drive account if you pay. It gets good. It's it's Google One. It's 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 a little confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so Mike wrote a story for us yesterday. Kind of, sort of uh, comparing the two, and uh, talking about why. So, Mike, why Google One over iCloud? What, what's, why should I be concerned about what Google? Yeah, I mean, with their cloud if you storage? if you compare apples to apples, the pricing is similar. You know, it's two gigs for um, uh, two two gigs, two terabytes for ten bucks, and. A, a ten bucks a month, and I think it's two hundred gigabytes for three dollars a month. Yeah, and Apple and, offers, uh, you know, ninety nine cents for fifty gigabytes, right? And yeah, that's right. Google does not. Google has a hundred gigs for two bucks or something. I yes. forget what it is, yeah. but they're they're pretty much identical. And that's per month. Um, that's what per, per month? month. Per month, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Google Google has a yearly price. Apple, I don't think does, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. They might have changed that um, yeah. recently. So. Like I said, it's the same thing. You got you got access to a drive. There's an app. You can go on the web and share files and stuff. It's just that, you know, Google with Drive and now even more so with One, they're kind of doubling down on its concept of everywhere. Um, you, you can access your stuff everywhere and it's convenient. And no matter what device you're using, no matter what you're doing at the time, your Google Drive is there. And that's why I subscribe to both. I subscribe to Google Drive for that reason. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to Apple because I have to because I don't have enough damn space to fill up my right. backup, and that's the difference. And I don't think I don't think Apple is offering its users a compelling reason to pay for it, other than I got a pop up saying I don't have enough room to back up my devices anymore because they only give me five gigs. And I, I don't think it would be all that difficult to do it. Mm-hmm. Two things I want is. I want to be able to back up my Mac. If I have two terabytes of cloud storage, I want to be able to back up my Mac like I do my iPad. Mm-hmm. You know, throw 200 gigs up there. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But make it easy. You know, I, I, I have Time Machine and I have all that set up. And, and, you know, I understand that, you know, cloud backups are different than physical backups. Fine. Mm-hmm. But give me the option to store my Mac in a cloud. So if I get a new MacBook or something happens, like my MacBook Pro just died on me like two two months ago. And so when I get a new one, I got to use my my time machine backup. But I, why can't I just like an, like an iPhone, plug it in, grab my iCloud account, and you know wait two hours or whatever it takes to for it for it to to restore. So there's that, and I also want an Android app. And I know people are gonna gonna yell at me for this, and oh, it's not Apple and blah blah. But you know, listen, if you're selling a cloud storage, why should it depend on what device you're using? It shouldn't matter. It should be agnostic. Exactly. And I mean, this is the way you win more people over by having yeah, a good service. Yeah. Google has its stuff on uh, iPhone, and it's great. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So. And it's not gonna. It's not like people are gonna say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna go buy an Android phone now because I." That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just it's offering your users the convenience of going on any platform, whether it's Windows or Mac or iOS or Android, and being able to access your stuff. You have it wherever you are, no matter what yeah. you're on. As long as the Absolutely. internet is around. The Apple does offer a Windows app that access. Yes, they do. Cloud. They always have. Yeah. So it's you know even back with iDisk that you can right. you can map your drive to Windows. So they have always had that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So there is this sort of you know it's 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 how you how Apple wants to position iCloud. Is right. it is it is it just a standalone service that anybody can use? Is it a service that's mostly mostly for their kind of ecosphere? You know. 
Uh, and if that's what they're they're positioning it as, if they're saying this is a benefit to our users, mm-hmm. well, then what? Why? Like, why are you locking them further into your ecosystem? They're already joined. They're already in. Give them the freedom to at least have their files wherever they need them to be rather than, you know, getting Google Drive or Dropbox. So they're basically forcing their own users to 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 spend money or at least sign up for a competing service because they don't offer the flexibility and convenience of those services. Now here's something, you know, you were talking about, you know, Apple mainly considering it as a backup service whereas Google, you yeah. know, even though they got the Android push and everything, I still think of them mainly as a services company. And uh Yeah, that, absolutely. And yeah. uh but, you know, Maybe that could be a perk of buying an actual Mac is like, look, you got a Mac. We know you need all this extra iCloud storage. So, boom, here's 200 gigabytes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad idea. Or at least make it a perk of buying an iCloud uh, storage plan. Mm -hmm. Say if you spend $3 a month on 200 gigs, you also get Mac backups. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough, here's the two terabytes. Two terabytes, I'm pretty sure everyone would be able to back up their Mac with. Yeah. That's, that's a ton of space. Yeah. Yeah. I only have so, 250 gigs on my MacBook. Yeah, me too. Me right I now. have the same. Yeah. 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 So I don't, uh, you know, listen, they got Apple Music and iCloud. They're like they're, Their services are, are, are reliable and fast and they're, they're good. Mm-hmm. But um, iCloud is just, um, it's just not quite where I needed to be. In fact, I was having, uh, I, wrote, I wrote about this yesterday. My, my dad called me up like a month ago and it's like, how come I, I, I need to pay for iCloud? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he just got an iPhone 10 and he has an iPad and he has an old iPhone now. So he has too many devices. And I said, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You get five gigs. And once you run out of those five gigs, either you got to choose what you're going to back up or you got to pay a dollar or two dollars a month. Yeah. Well, here's something. Uh, give you an idea of the problem of Google's, um, excuse me, of Apple's services and stuff. So yesterday, our EIC, John Phillips, was, uh, you know, he had his iPhone, which he normally doesn't carry, but he mm-hmm. downloaded his Gmail app to it. So somebody within the company sent him an Excel sheet uh, through numbers. Um, I said an Excel sheet, you know, a spreadsheet through, uh, there's your branding right there. And uh, <laughs> so uh, so he wanted me, he asked me how to open it and stuff. And, you know, I just by deduction managed realized he was using the gmail app on his iphone not the mail app because you know in apple's ecosystem that would automatically open up to numbers mm-hmm. but i was like well I, I think you're gonna have to tie it to the mail app which you know sounds like a pain i finally figured out that he could copy using on my phone figured out that he could copy the link to the numbers app and paste it in safari and it would automatically okay. open the numbers app but it gives you an idea with the now some of that, I think, is on Google's part. Uh, Google is often really slow with updating its uh, stuff for iOS. Like, you still can't do split. I mean, unless it's changed, like, in the last month or so. You still can't do split screen with Gmail and iPad. That's ridiculous. It took them forever. Trust me, it was super annoying. After everybody mm-hmm. else and their mom had done split screen for their document programs on iOS, Google finally introduced it, like, a year later. And it's like, this is, especially as when I was a freelancer, this is something that everyone used. But um, my point is, you could still use easily open up documents through Google Docs and stuff, through iOS and stuff. They're that good of a service company. There was this big hassle when I was trying to open up something for Apple's. That, that's what I mean by including other people in there. See, here's my Android using EIC. You know, if it had just opened up very neatly or something on the web or something like that, it would be like, wow, look how convenient Apple is. Aren't they a great company? But no, it had to look like a hassle. That's what I mean by the attractiveness. So, so he didn't have numbers installed on his phone? Is that the issue? But by trying to click on it from the link from the Gmail app instead of the mail app, yeah. But what so what did the what did the link in Gmail like it just didn't do anything? Uh it uh it kept saying that you need he needed to go download it it would open up and say you needed to download it. But the thing is he already had it downloaded. So uh that was the way I figured it out to copy the link from Gmail, paste it into Safari and on the phone, and then it opened. So there's that's also a a a kind of a, a a problem with Apple doesn't allow you to change the default email app to Gmail. So right. it's still, it's always linked with mail. That's true too. Which is annoying, but you know, that's a whole nother issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that's, that's kind of what I meant is you have this convenience going on. People from yeah. other, you know, are going to see, wow, they have their stuff together. Instead, it ended up looking like it was a pain in the butt. So, yeah. Uh, so on Twitter, we had a poll asking, uh, what improvements you want most from uh, on iCloud? 
Uh, and an overwhelming 61% of people wanted more files, free, free file storage. Well, yeah, that's, that goes without saying, so, I think. I mean, five gigs is just pathetic. Yeah. So 16% wanted uh, Mac backup support. 18% wanted iMessage in the cloud. And 5% wanted an Android app. 5%. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the 5%. And some interesting comments from LazerDude on Twitter. Uh, thought that uh, iCloud storage space should be based on the number of Apple products that people Yeah, I agree have. with that. Five gigs per device so, would be all right. And that's kind yeah. of what I mean if you have a Mac. Here's you a lot of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. sure. Yeah, and Agreed. a lot of people had a similar idea, thoughts on that, you know, uh, that that's how it should be. Uh, so people wanted more control over the storage. Uh, uh, people, a lot of people thought that... Uh, iCloud should be similar to. Does does Google allow free storage of of uh, photos? I forget if it does or not. Uh, only yeah, if they you, do. Only if you let it it's, compress, though. Mm-hmm. Oh right. Yeah, right. they're 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 optimized for the device. Pixel Pixel users get free original quality photos, but um, honestly, the optimized version is it's it's not they're not they're not horrible mm-hmm. yeah it's but pretty it's, good but it's, but it's but it's not the original um it's not the original size so you can save you can jpegs but if, you can't save like raw files yeah or okay. even 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 um even jpegs are compressed okay but they're, but they're, you know they're, they're still decent this and is an extreme you, version. It's like Facebook where it compresses them, but it's not that right. bad it's yeah. no not even close because yeah. i know amazon allows you to save photos and it doesn't account to your al- against your allocation. Only if you're so, on Prime, though. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything's right. Prime. You have to use. Pr- you have and to if you um, if you pay for Google Drive, you can upload. However, you know, if if you have enough space, if you pay for two terabytes, you can upload original photos, no problem. But you know, you were talking earlier about you know that you mainly have your iCloud so for for backup and stuff. I barely see how you can own an Apple product without having some. Well, you, yeah, you have to. Yes, yeah. and so because yeah, I Agreed. have that for my backups and everything else. But I also have a Drive account for large video files and stuff. And we were talking about this before the sound disappeared. That you know, it's just really easy to drag and drop and share. Most importantly, yeah. that stuff with people. Yeah. The sharing is important. I th- I think that's another thing. Yeah. How long do you guys know how long it's been at five gigs? Because I think it's one thing when phones, you know, came in like, right. you know, eight, 16 and 32 gig versions and that mm-hmm. was it. But now it's like so much more than that, that you can't you can't even back up your phone anymore. Right. I want to say iCloud launched in 2011. Is that right? Sounds right. Well, yeah, it was mobile me and then before that it was yeah mobile me was that was also five gigs i don't remember i know dot mac was 10 because you paid for that that was a hundred dollars a year mobile me which was the worst name if you're gonna if if we're ranking names it goes dot mac itools mobile uh uh uh, uh, icloud and then mobile me that's the that's my hierarchy i i probably have a have a dot mac email address and if apple ever takes it away from me i'm driving to cupertino and pounding on their door <laughs> but do you do you use that because my sister actually has a mac uh, like an at mac.com email address and yep. i wonder if she's like locked in now for life <laughs> i i yeah that that's my personal email i've had oh, yeah. it forever since i i had it since back with itools nice. or whatever right itools yeah that's what it was called so um i've, I've had it for 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 quite some time but uh, yeah, that's my personal one. I I would be, I would probably just go into a depression if Apple ever said we're not going to support .Mac addresses anymore and yeah, force yeah. me to go to iCloud. That'd be crazy. So perhaps we'll see some iCloud improvements at WWDC, the Worldwide I, Developers I, Conference. I don't think so, but so, we'll see. And first week of June is WWDC, so. And we'll yeah, pop, and we got what two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from well, three weeks from from three Monday. Weeks. Okay, so two weeks from this Monday. So yeah. maybe wow. we'll we'll see some some iCloud improvements, not just storage, but in general services. And we'll have some mm-hmm. cool stuff to talk about again. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but we'll we'll probably also see some iOS twelve uh, features being revealed at. WWDC. Yeah, well, that, that, that one I bet I bet the farm on. <laughs> you're yeah. going to get something with that. So we're going to get something with that. And 
since WWDC is around WWDC, I should just say WWDC, WWDC always ties my tongue up. (laughs) So the developers conference is right around the corner. We thought we'd talk about features we'd like to see uh, at iOS 12. And if viewers, listeners have any thoughts on what they want to see from iOS 12, let us know. We'll talk about them. So we posted an article a couple weeks ago about some of the features we'd like to see. Uh, one of the features that I personally would like to see, and actually it was actually kind of previewed, it was supposed to come out in iOS 11.3 is uh, iMessages in the cloud because organizing messages across multiple devices is just getting a little, mm-hmm. it's driving me crazy. It's just I, I deleted one device. I want it to be deleted across all devices and vice, you know, and just managing it several times over several devices is just driving me crazy. And I know it was supposed to come out for iOS eleven point three. I have a feeling it's going to end up being an iOS twelve feature. So if it doesn't come out uh, before in the next couple of weeks, so I mean that, that's the the big feature I would like to see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Leif, do you have any thoughts on well, what, you what know, would you like to see? I think I've already mentioned it. I can't, I can't remember which part of the podcast it was, the the silent time or the new one. But, you know, especially with a bigger bigger screen phone, you know, uh, um, especially when I'm working on the train or something like uh, uh, A lot of what I do is, you know, I'll have, I want to look at one web article that I'm looking at and write, I want to write notes on it. Especially with a larger iPhone, it would really be nice to have like a split screen feature for, you know, they do it for the iPad and stuff. And I know they're thinking, oh, it's a lot. But, yeah. you know, if you do an adjustable screen up here and you know have a very small area to look up here in the middle you have the area that you're writing or taking notes on you know it, it'd work very nice you wouldn't have to do it for a smaller one um, just like they you know initially kept some features only to the bigger um, iPads and iPad Pros but uh, I, I think that would be nice uh, this is a simple thing when somebody was calling today and you know I don't know if I really want this because it is convenient to open your phone when a call comes. But someone was calling me, and I was trying to type out something. And, you know, of course, the, the whole screen gets taken over by the, the call coming on. And I yeah. almost hit the, you know, accept call, and I really didn't want to just because I was typing in that same spot. And uh, I was like, yeah. And, uh, you know, so sometimes I wish I would see, like, some kind of, you know, banner up here or something as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, there's a, there's a few Android phones that... Um most of them really that have that just comes in with a little thing of course at the top that you can mm-hmm. press accept or reject which I agree was much better yeah. well the other thing is is that you know the other the other way that Apple does it is nice too for convenience just picking up your phone and answering a call but I'd like for it to be an option you know like at the top and that, that's a lot of these things where you know I'd like a you know a different way of doing it if I prefer that way but I know that adds complexity and Apple likes to go for that simplicity so there's that yeah yeah the um the split screen is a big thing on you know Android as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know it's 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 baked into the um I think since Nougat even it's been a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. I, I was excited when I switched over to um to get it and I gotta tell you on my phones I don't really use it that often. Mm-hmm. The it's, train uh, is the only time like I would use it. I mean you know I I have a very specific use case and you know it, it's funny I've noticed with a lot of stuff that we talk about in Apple you know there, there's so many different ways to interact with these devices especially when you're like a foot bound commuter as opposed to someone who uh, you know drives in a car and stuff there are so many yeah. ways that I use these devices that someone who has a car and doesn't carry around backpacks and mm-hmm. stuff would never even think of so yeah yeah we have a couple comments uh, one is uh, Himon says they would really wish that they could ignore and carry on so they're agreeing uh, with the phone call. And then Crazy is saying, put the page shuffle at the bottom of the screen. Page shuffle. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Page shuffle? Page, page shuffle? What is it? Uh, I wonder if that's like when you have all the tabs open. I mean, oh, is it's that looking Safari? like it's at the like, bottom of the screen. Yeah, like yeah. that thing? Yeah, if you can clarify, that would, that would help us out. I, I think we know what you're talking about, but... Instead yeah. of scrolling all the way through the top, maybe you just want it like a bottom tab. I see. Yeah. So you could use swipe it with your thumb. That's the best way I could say. Like like to bounce to the top of the page, you mean? Yeah. Like that thing? Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to see. Maybe maybe they'll respond back. There are definitely a lot of UI refinements that need to be made yes. that, that 
you know, that there, there you know, there are a lot of incons. I mean, it's always been true of the Mac and it's true of the iPhone that there are a lot of inconsistencies in UI. Uh, and it would be nice if those inconsistencies would be corrected. Uh, but there are also some things that you go, what, who thought of using it this way? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's, it's kind of a counterintuitive way of using it. Mm-hmm. So I hope some of those things get, get fixed. Like Jason brought it, Jason uh, Cross, our staff writer, brought up the whole camera settings in the camera app in his article. Yeah, yeah. And as, as, as the unofficial documentarian for my family, you know, it, if it would be, it would be so, it would be so much more easier if it, I can get faster access to those camera settings. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the, the the best solution is probably just to use a different camera app for me. Right. But, uh, you know, if I'm on the lock screen and I want to access the camera, it's, it's the default Apple camera app. And getting to those uh, settings is not very, very intuitive. It's not very easy yeah. to get to. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. If there was just a quick way to change some of those settings, you know, I don't need to record in 4K all the time. Mm-hmm. As much as I like, would like to, I don't need to. Things like yeah. that. So. And Crazy clarified and says, uh, like going from Safari to Siri, if that helps. Oh, is that uh, the app switcher? Yeah, but that is at the bottom of the screen. It's either the so, button or the gesture in the um, in the iPhone 10. Right. And like Siri is. I don't uh, have my phone with me, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, Siri on the iPhone 10, you got to hold the power button. Is that right? Maybe that's what she's talking about. Well, in the iPhone 10, you swipe. Is it swipe? Let's see. It's so. It's, I do it so naturally. I forget what the actual motion is. I got you. <laughs> is, it, is it swipe up and hold, and then the app switcher comes? Yeah, up right. That's yeah. the that's the switch between apps. But to get yeah. to Siri, I think you got to either do Hey Siri or you pre- you hold the home the, the power home button, button, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because all right. <laughs> and I tell Bobo's, you these things. Bobo says, "I want my battery status back." Yeah. 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 yeah, I would like the and percentage a better, back. And a better battery all around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need an icon. I, if, if you just put a simple percentage there, yeah. that, you yeah. know, it's a, it's amazing how, you know, when that went away, I thought, all right, it's no big deal. And then I realized it was a big deal. Because yeah. depending on your, you know, maybe for a majority of people, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But there are some of us who use their phones a lot and... Battery life is something you got to keep track of, and having a numerical uh, indicator goes a long way into preserving your battery life. So, uh, and also, Jason also brought up a, a real dark mode. Speaking of battery life, mm-hmm. a real dark mode for, that's mostly for iPhone 10 users because yeah. the iPhone 10 has an OLED, and when you or when uh, you're, when the screen is black, you're actually saving a little bit of battery life. So, like, if people see my phone, my actual lock screen is just a black screen. There's nothing on it. And that's because it's to help save battery life. It's boring. It's, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't have much personality. But it's, to, you know, it's a way to save battery life. Makes sense. So, Mike, did, was, were there any features that you were hoping to... Bring up in particular? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you got like like a week. <laughs> but I've been, uh, I, I wrote about this last week, that my biggest thing is on iOS is uh, notifications. I, I They're horrible. I hate them. I hate the notification center. I hate the whole thing about them. And I, I wish that they would just redo that whole system. Because yeah. um, For the they're unintuitive. The they're they're annoying. They're just not something that um, I, I never. I, the only time I ever go into the notification center is just to delete everything because I, I if I miss them, I, I never go see them. Whereas on Android, there's something that I interact with all day long because there's music controls there. There's, you know, notifications are based on priority, not just chronological. They're grouped so I don't have like like 1,600 Twitter notifications. Like it, it's just there's it's there's so much about it that Apple hasn't really given any thought that um. That would be the killer feature for me if they just said we're just revamping the entire thing and here's our new, our new kind of um, our new approach to notifications. Yeah. 
And also the one another feature I'd like to see that I'm probably not going to get is to get rid of those that damn icon grid. I hate it. <laughs> I hate having to forcing me to have every every single app that I ever downloaded on my home screens. I hate it. But um, it doesn't sound like we're going to be getting that this time based on rumors. So we'll see. Well, the, the, the icon grid's kind of an interesting conundrum for Apple because it's become, for lack of a better word, iconic, iconic. for mm-hmm. Apple. You know, that that's people associate <laughs> that view with yep. the iPhone. And to dramatically change it kind of is, you know, goes to changing its branding as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I suppose, but... It, it, it's not like you would take, it's like the Mac desktop. You know, you have the option. If you want to keep apps, icons on the desktop, go ahead. If you don't, mm-hmm. it'll just be a button you press and it comes up and there or there they are. Like the launcher. Like I don't, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, again, like what Android does. Mm-hmm. I just don't, like, give me the option. You could have it on by default. You mm-hmm. don't have to mess up your branding if you don't want to. But give me the option to have them all in a, in a, a launcher or a drawer or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And so I can keep my home screen clean if I want. And that's kind of what I meant with the launcher. Yeah, you wouldn't even really be yeah, right. ruining your branding because they already have it. Yeah. yeah. So ship them, ship them, ship it the classic way by default. But if people want to, they can. Well, I, I think like, I don't see. I don't know. The thing with the with the Mac, uh, the Mac branding. The th- I think the thing is for the Mac, the branding is this. Mm-hmm. And for people who are listening, I'm pointing to the back of my laptop with the Apple logo. This is the branding, yep. not necessarily the screen. Yep. And for for the iPhone, it's been the screen because the back always changes, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's different from model to model, and it's different colors. It's some it's some it's aluminum or steel or whatever they're using. Some it's glass. So the back changes, but the one consistent part is that home screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. You know, I, I totally get what you're saying. You know, it's it's, but I can see how it could be something of a uh, 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 sticky point within Apple to change. Yeah, I mean, you know? I guess. So, I guess. you know, it's Apple. All right. Yeah. I mean, at least at least changing on the iPad because the iPad's more of a desktop. Right. It's more it's a of bigger a bigger screen. You right. have a, you have a, you have a bigger dock, all that right. stuff. I like the, if you want to keep it on the iPhone and keep it, but make yeah. the iPad UI cause it's different anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They already, they already treat the iPad differently with that slide over stuff and the multitasking and all that other stuff. So make that, give them, put it, put it there. I can deal with it on my phone mm-hmm. on the iPad. It's just horrible. I hate, particularly I have the 13 inch or whatever, 12.9. And it's like, like these icons, there's like so much space between them because they can't put, cause they have to keep it, you know, the same, UI across right. the nine point seven and the twelve, so like there's just it's just terrible. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I say get rid of it. And also, obviously, you know, Siri, fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Siri kind of do something without, with Siri. You know, to yeah. Me. I mean, something about pun. Siri kind of goes without saying. Yes, and that that would. Do, I mean, I, everybody is hoping for that at that point. If yeah, that yeah. you know, we're all talking about Apple stock. If Apple, <laughs> you know, if Apple announces some amazing Siri improvements, it's going to be the first trillion dollar company. <laughs> so yeah, well, it might breach that before then. Anyway, yes, that's true. <laughs> they're they're yeah. pretty. They're pretty close. I didn't check today, but. They're hovering around. They were hovering around like nine twenty, nine thirty recently. Mm-hmm. So they're they're getting there. A couple, they're a few dollars away. And here's an interesting one on Twitter: uh, is putting an indicator for bandwidth speed because bars and signal strength doesn't equal the actual speed. Sure, yeah, that's a yeah. great idea because I could see that. Yeah. yeah, as someone who often like works remotely mm-hmm. and sometimes you know when i'm sick of working at home i'll go to like a coffee shop or something just to break it up and, and you know you, you freelance mm-hmm. you know what that's all about that kind of thing um signal strength is, is something you know it's kind of like the battery thing you you, you kind of are looking at your signal strength and you know i need more information than just oh i got two bars or mm-hmm. three bars or whatever yep. So it's it's more a broadband bandwidth indicator would be really cool and I you know I don't know how that would be executed but that would be so helpful 
So yeah. one of the things that uh, often surprises people about San Francisco is that the cellular internet here can be really sketchy sometimes, and it's, right. it's the hills. And but there have been times when it looks like I have plenty of bars, you know, plenty, you know, the LTE showing up, and it's not doing anything. So you know that that would be a case where that would really come in handy, and uh, especially when you live up in the hills like I do. So <laughs> yeah, living in San Francisco, the thing that happens to me a lot is I'll see an LTE indicator. And then it'll switch to 4G, yes. and all of a sudden, like my 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 bandwidth has gone to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like <laughs> it suddenly everything is like four times slower than it was before. Yeah. Just my favorite is when it just says the, 1x. Yeah. You have no idea, like like what is that? So. <laughs> <laughs> and I know San Francisco is a unique landscape, and you know it's, but as Leif pointed out, you can literally go in San Francisco like. One end of the block mm-hmm. to another end yeah. of the block, and you'll have one bar in one block on, on one end, and four bars on the other end because of the hills and the and stuff like that. So it, it's it's pretty crazy, and but a bandwidth indicator would be like very very helpful. So and I, and I guess you know we we you know especially I you know bring up San Francisco with this stuff and a lot. I think one of the reasons I bring that up it was like we're right here. This is Apple's backyard, <laughs> and you would think you know, these problems, you know, they would see it and be able to apply it to their own products and stuff. So there's that. I mean, a bandwidth indicator wouldn't necessarily solve that problem. It would just no. give you more information. More information. To, but it would give yeah. us more information to make decisions yeah. on what we're doing. Right, right. Yeah. And make it sure. a more useful device. Kind of like, same with the battery indicator. A battery, a numerical battery indicator that's always there doesn't necessarily solve my battery yeah, the, problem. The battery indicator, most certainly. I, I mean, yeah. I would be shocked if they added a bandwidth indicator. If for no other reason, then it would, sh- the carriers, A, would have to agree to it, which they wouldn't because it would show. That's true. The actual speeds of their networks, and people would say, "Wait a minute, what the hell am I paying for?" <laughs> so there's a uh, comment on YouTube, and I wonder how you guys feel about like certain redundant uh, buttons and moves. So like the camera icon exists on the lock screen, but yeah. you can still swipe left to get to it as well. So like, why do you have both? I think the swipe is, you know, Apple goes for intuitiveness, but it's kind of advanced user stuff. You either find it out by accident or it's something that you looked up. I think for like, sorry, dad, like my dad, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice for him to have the camera app. I mean, the icon there, because otherwise, unless he calls up his son and asks about it like he always does, he's not going to figure that out probably. So, I mean, it's nice that you have the little visual indicators that you can do that. Yeah, it's the same thing when they had that um, little bar to show that the control center had moved. Like they just like a lot of Apple's users are not heavy tech people Mm -hmm. and it just kind of gives them like visual aids. I mean, I do agree there is a lot of redundancy and a lot of kind of things like you don't you you just figure out. But, you know, Apple sells 50 million iPhones a quarter. Mm -hmm. I'd say at least 60 percent of those are to people who, you know, don't necessarily have all the answers when it comes to this stuff. And they just need something that. They pick up, they can use, and they can put it back down. And that's the best thing yeah. about Apple. I know, you know, it's like, you know, family member. Like there was one, you know, where they had they had a Windows PC and stuff, like a Surface tablet and stuff, and constantly kept downloading viruses on the thing and stuff. <laughs> and you know, I had all these technical questions, and it, you know, and. It, we wised up and got them an iPad, and whoa, you can't do all that stuff, or at least fought, definitely not as easily. And so three years on, nothing has happened to that device. So, you know, that's, I mean, people may laugh, at, but it's a really noble, you know, ideal to strive for, too. Is this, you know, it is, you know, you might think you look stupid or something like that, but there's a lot of people that's really helpful for. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, however, that speaks to the... As Roman was saying before, there's, there's a lot of UI issues that crept into iOS 12, mm-hmm. 11. What are we on, 11? 11. Yeah. yeah. That, that crept into iOS 11 that really need to be kind of smoothed out right. and fixed. Even like just little things, like little visual things that Apple just never had in the past. And, sure. um, you know, we'll see what iOS 12 brings. But I think they need to go through every single part of that operating system and just, you know, make sure. A, a make sure it matches the prior screen. Like there's things like you know, like um, fonts match, but like bolding doesn't match or like spacing doesn't match or this is this is too close to the back button and on this screen it's not. Like little things like that that just kind of upset the visual experience and the whole kind of UI as you're going through it. It'd be interesting if like if iOS 
didn't exist prior to now and they had to recreate a new one, mm-hmm. what it would be like. Because, you know, yeah, like they defined question. all these moves that, and everyone who's, like, you know, been on the iPhone right. is like, okay, this is how you do it. And it, true, they, they, you know, changed some things with the 10, but it's like if they were really to start from scratch... How different, you know, would it be uh, with with or without Steve Jobs? Is the question? Yes, I was thinking uh, WWSD. Yeah. What would Steve do? Yes, yeah, no. I mean, if they had to design a new, well, although Apple Watch is is well, no, actually, it wasn't. Now yeah. it is. The first iteration of Apple Watch was awful. Mm-hmm. They had a freaking button to, devoted to contacts. For Christ's sakes, who who needs that? <laughs> and in that recent article, you remember it was saying that Johnny Ives said that was the first product that we did without Steve. And it was. No, yeah, it was like, I'm, I'm actually that was interesting that he confirmed that. I, I always suspected that because the first uh-huh. that first Apple Watch, while good uh-huh. and really pretty, the 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 OS was a was a mess. Yes. Like and they, you know, credit to Apple and their engineers and their developers. They um they fixed it quick. It was even before Apple Watch 2 came out, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Watch OS 2 really changed things like dramatically the way that the, uh, the, those glances worked, the, what, what the buttons did and all that and all that because they realized that people just it just wasn't conducive to being used well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs was, uh, you know, he, he left a lot of legacies in, on this on this planet, but. One of the more overlooked ones is the 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 UI of a touchscreen phone is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that ain't easy, man. Mm-hmm. To come up with that from basic scratch because it looked nothing and it acted nothing like it did on the Palm and the Trellos before it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was just you know straight up brilliant that that UI. And yeah. ten years later, you know that's why we still have the same one because I don't know if there is a better one. And I hate to admit it, they need to keep that mindset in place because I know, oh, you, well, we saw what happened last time Apple tried to move on from Steve Jobs. It wasn't a good idea. And I, you know, maybe not without the rudeness and the brashness, but they need to have that just commitment. Let's make this simple. It just works. And I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same token, if you try to recreate that, you're not going to be. You're not. To. But I mean, I mean, I, Steve reportedly told Tim Cook before he died, just don't try to do what I would do. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the best piece of advice you can give someone because it, you're not going to be able to do it. It's just going to look look like a cheap imitation. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an impossible, I mean, Tim Cook has the most impossible job in the planet. Mm-hmm. He has to keep a nearly trillion dollar company running. Mm-hmm. Plus he has to live up to this ridiculous legacy of yes. the guy who came before him. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's doing the best he can. So, I mean, you know, listen, I sound like I'm, I'm, I'm a fanboy and I'm absolutely not. I criticize Apple plenty. Mm-hmm. But the job that Tim Cook has done in post-Steve Jobs is mm-hmm. commendable. Yes, especially considering his position and where yeah. he came from. Yeah. That, that's absolutely. remarkable. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the watch, if that is a true, you know, post-Steve Jobs product, and I believe it was, mm-hmm. the design is spot on. And the OS, you know, while they didn't get it right the first time, they, you know, Iowa, watch OS 4 is awesome. Mm-hmm. That that Siri faces, you know, that's something that that's that Steve would have done. I mean, they're they're he's he's learning on the job. Tim Cook, he right. wasn't Tim Cook wasn't a genius inventor. Mm-hmm. He was an operations guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's he's learning on the job. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think uh, you know HomePod. You know, we could we could we could talk about that, sure. <laughs> but you know, Steve jo- uh, Steve Jobs did the iPod Hi-Fi. So listen, we all we all it's have true. our missteps. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> well, Steve Jobs has. A large legacy, and uh, one of the other. This is this was a softball, Roman. Come so, on, give it to me. Among the other things <laughs> that Steve Jobs came with during his tenure at Apple was the uh, the reinvention of retail, yes, and the Apple Store. So, uh, on May fifteenth, eleven years ago, so yesterday, eleven years ago in a day, uh, Steve Jobs presented a preview to the media of the new Apple store. Uh, This was a totally revamped store from what Apple had done in the past. Uh, And it's pretty much, it's pretty much stayed the same since then uh, from what we know, as we know the Apple store is now. So the the Apple store in its current iteration, I mean, it's, it's gone undergone some tweaks and stuff. It's now, you know, the Apple town square, but the Apple Store as we know it now is pretty much what was implemented back in 2001 
and it officially opened on May 19th mm-hmm. of uh, 2001 of that year. Uh, so, you know, the Apple store is kind of this unique part of Apple. It's, you know, it's not, it, it's sort of this odd thing cause it's a, it's, it's the retail sector. It's, it's a place, you know, it's a place where Apple sells its products, but part of the whole, uh, when Apple opened the Apple store back in 2001 was it wanted to it put a heavy emphasis on it being more of a, I guess, gathering place mm-hmm. than yeah. more than and less of a store. Yes. Yeah, the one so. thing that uh, about the Apple Store has always struck me, like you'll never have a salesperson come up to you and say, you know, whoa, did you see this or anything? Like they'll ask you right. once, can I help you? If you say no, that's it. You're on your own. Yeah. And Until see, they were trying to change that out. with those luxury boutiques for the Apple Watch. You know, it was a different experience, removed one. But, you know, I, yeah, I never I never went to one. But and uh, yeah, it, it definitely seemed different. But it's like, like I said in that article, I'm glad that that failed because I believe that that was a. But those know, weren't Apple stores. Those were Apple franchises. If even you though call it they were still trying to, you know, shake up that because, oh, look at there. It's all the hoi polloi and stuff. And now we're going to yeah, yeah. suck up to you and everything. And I, yep. I didn't like that. And yeah, I mean, but that's another, it speaks to another iteration that Apple had. I mean, they had a $20,000 Apple watch mm-hmm. and they said, okay, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. So they did it. And then they, and then they made it more of a um, $300, $400 device rather than a $20,000 device. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're, they're constantly, yep, go, so you can go, you can go. <laughs> uh, since for how long it's been around, are you guys surprised that it, they still exist and that they're still, you know, doing well no i'm not surprised surprised either yeah i'm not surprised either because um what i am surprised about is i'm surprised at the number of apple stores that exist now yes is there over over 500 that's a lot oh i don't know i'm not sure of the number but there's a there's a lot of them there's a lot and i never thought it would get to that number Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't either and mostly because not because apple's products aren't popular Mm -hmm. but because i thought that the 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 shift towards online shopping would be so immense yep. that it would you know it would stifle a technology retailer from opening more stores you know that's that's yep. what I thought it, but the thing is about the Apple Store you know you have to that's where you go to get service on your on your Apple products mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people who like if they go to the mall or something. Mm-hmm. They dropped their kids off at the Apple right. store because Apple lets you use their products yeah. without any real time limit. You can sit there yeah. and play on an iPad for like an hour and they won't say They used anything. to have like little sections like specifically for mm-hmm. kids yeah. with like color. I mean, maybe they still do. I haven't been in an Apple store in a while or at least not a big one. That video but, um, of Steve Jobs showing around it is one of the things I highlight is look at the yeah, kids. Yeah. Yeah. I guess one of the big things though, obviously, is that like – the prices don't change whether you're online or in the store, right? right. Like that's True. what that's, killed that's a good point. Con, yeah, you know, all these point. other ones is that like, oh, you can just go on Amazon and buy it cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't have yeah. that option. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Apple has its sales and here and there, but you're right. For the most part, the phone costs what the phone costs no matter where you buy right. it. There's the only, yeah, the only advantage to going to the Apple store is talking to a person if you need additional help mm-hmm. and yeah. not having to sit there and wait for, you know, it to be delivered. And you trying get, it you out, the product. Too. Yeah, you get to try yeah. it out, too. Yep. Give um, you an idea of the experience. I went to a Best Buy right after the HomePod released um, uh, because Jason had ours. And, man, I'm not even kidding. They had two armed guards uh, near the table to that. And I felt, but, you know, you go to the Apple store and it's like, yay, you know, democracy. Yay, let's all go. <laughs> that's you know at Best Buy you might get some guy who's trying to sell you something you don't need yes. or doesn't really know what he's talking about you know no offense to people who work at Best Buy but Apple people are you know they they know what they're talking about yes. and they also they, you know I said it before I said it again they, they, there's no pressure yes. you're buying a thousand dollar or two thousand dollar product mm-hmm. which is you know uh, no matter how you slice it that that that's luxury territory mm-hmm. but you never feel like you're being pressed. To purchase. Yes. If you yeah. don't want it, you can walk away and you don't feel like, oh man, I should have bought that. That's important. Yeah. yeah. And last month we bought my mom uh, a new iPhone and mm-hmm. she was switching from Android actually. And there's two Apple stores 
within a block of each other in Glendale. Wow. And they're both yeah. full. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah, the that, other thing is that always yeah. surprised me is that Apple stores are, no matter all of all the ones that I've seen, I've only seen one empty, and it was because I was in the mall before it opened. So I walked yeah. by the Apple store as it opened and maybe walked by it again a half hour later, and it was somewhat empty, but it was also dressed it's, right and open. But there's, oh, it's always so. somewhat bustling. It's funny. There's a yeah. this, the, the mall near my house has a Microsoft store like two stores away. So sad. <laughs> and like it's always empty. Like there's employees and nobody. And I'm not saying that because I hate on Microsoft. Like I don't care. But like I always notice, like because it's a nice looking store. Uh-huh. But you know, people attract people, and Apple just always like you see all these people. Oh, let me see what's in there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. you know, that's what what Apple is is selling. It's selling visibility by having these stores there. And yeah, of course they sell their products. But you know, people who might not have an Apple product or might not even really know what an iPhone's all about, they see you know a mobbed store, mm-hmm. and you're drawn to that. And importantly, when you actually talk to a salesperson in an Apple store, you know, it was kind of going back to what we were saying. You know, it almost feels like you're talking to friends that happen to yeah, be in the yeah, same yeah, place, like potential friends. And it's like, whoa, look at this cool thing. I mean, and they didn't say that. It's like me telling it to them. And that, that's an right, important right. distinction, too. And Sometimes I think when I have a uh, like a service with the with those uh, tech people, the genius people, yeah. I feel like they like, all right, this kid, what does he look like? Let me let let's send this technician to talk to him. Like they try to match up personality. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and that that's the way I I feel. I, I have to really give them credit for that. I, I yeah. it's almost like I feel like hanging out with the people who try to yeah, sell me stuff at Apple. And, and, and no, that's clearly that it's by design. Like yes. they 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 do that. It, you know, it's crazy to think that when the Apple Store launched or whatever you want to call it opened. There was no, there was no iPod for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. I remember I went to uh, the opening of one in Jersey on, I don't know what day it was, but it was some sometime around um, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, like October or something or November of 2001. And I, I was online. The iPod hadn't released yet. And the, and the, the employees were like showing it off like it was coming out like, like a week later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was this big giant store just with Macs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Macs and software. Yeah. And everyone said Steve Jobs was nuts, and you know, rightfully so. Like, what, 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 what are you doing? Like, you're barely the, the company was was worth anything. Mm-hmm. And Steve Jobs was like, no, we're opening stores around the country, and we're going to sell yeah. our brand and our image. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it was a it was a hell of a gamble, and you know, just another part of his legacy that Tim Cook has to live up to now. <laughs> but it was at the, yeah, carry on. No, you. I was just going to say, along with that, you know, lately with the big flagships and stuff, they always put them in very public places, public squares. Got here Union yeah. Square, uh, got Pioneer Square in Chicago. Um, you know, got the famous Glass Cube in New York, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's you know they they. I'm actually, as a former Chicagoan, kind of annoyed that they put that store in Pioneer Square because that was a public space, a big one, and like that's just a store now. And uh, but uh, but anyway, it is an important focal point of the city, and so they've turned a place where people used to gather into a place where people gather and look at their stuff. I mean, so they kind of bring it into that that whole community thing, and that's you know, they basically make you associate it with your own community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's by design. Each store has a character mm-hmm. that's unique to whatever that place is, whether it's inside a mall or whether it's in, like, as you say, Pioneer Square in Chicago. Like, it, it's a uh, they they spend a lot of time designing these stores to fit the, the both the both the landscape and the people that they're attracting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the one thing about the Apple Store that I'll I'll never get used to is that. You can do self checkout, and that's yeah, yeah, no. that's not a big deal because you can do self checkout at other stores, even at the supermarket. But self checkout at the stores means you go up to a register and a scanner, right. and yep. you scan your things like that, and, and then you leave. You have to go through an exit process. The self checkout at the Apple Store is you take out your phone, you go into the yeah. Apple Store app. And you can, as you're walking out the store, complete your purchase. Yeah, no, and then that's it. And it's it's like the weirdest thing because it's on my device. I don't have to go to a station. You know, I could literally be pacing myself to be out the store as soon as the purchase is done. Mm. And I'm walking out with something, and you know, I'm, I'm 
I keep thinking that a security guard is going to like grab me from behind and say, you didn't pay for that, buddy. But it hasn't happened like in the five or six times I've done it. And it's the wow. weirdest. It's the weirdest. <laughs> Wait, so they, they hand you the device first? Before you pay for it, I think you just pick it off the shelf. You, you can just it take off it off the shelf. The sh- yeah, yeah. You can if there's stuff on the shelf, yeah. Uh, yeah, the bigger devices you have to, you, okay. you'll get help by a, a customer right. service rep. But like you know, like I've gone in to buy a cable uh, or an adapter or something, and you can just take out your app, your, your phone, and use the Apple Store app and and ring yourself out. And it's it's like the weirdest <laughs> thing to me still. Yeah, no one's gonna stop the Filipino Wolverine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So no one will stop the Filipino Wolverine. So, but uh, yeah. So uh, they also they they make you know a billion dollars a second, so they can afford to to yes. lose uh, twenty bucks in the case. <laughs> I was thinking about saying that. Right. I thought it was a little too much. They're <laughs> more concerned about the guy walking out with the laptop right, than right. the guy working out walking out with the with iPad. The, for, I mean, the, uh, the lightning adapter. So right, iMac Pro. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, yeah, and. One thing, so we, we, there's a, Apple Insider did an article yesterday because yesterday was the anniversary of the preview. Mm-hmm. So in the actual opening is on the 19th, which I think is Saturday. Yeah. And um, one of the things that's always been said about the Apple store, and the a- Apple Insider article even says this, is that Apple changed the face of retail. And I kind of have to disagree with that a little bit. So, I mean, the only stores that you see like Apple stores are basically other tech stores like the Microsoft store. You know, yep. Self-checkout was a, is a different thing. You know, that was something that was going to happen eventually. So Apple wasn't a pioneer in that. And, and it's so, really only like my, Microsoft is similar. Like there's not a ton of those tech companies that have right. big giant retail presences like that. Yeah. Remember when uh, Ron Ron Johnson tried that with JCPenney? That was a, right. a spectacular disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's it's suited for Apple because right. they you know their products people want to touch them, want to hold them, want to see them. Even if they're not buying them, like I've gone to how many Apple stores just to see whatever the latest thing is. I have no intention of buying it. I just want to look at it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm I'm not sure they changed the face of retail either. Yeah, I, that's, that's yeah, that's statement. exactly my point. Is that Apple's model works well for them? For them, yeah. I don't know if you know it doesn't work well for Microsoft because <laughs> Microsoft doesn't sell a lot of its own yeah, hardware. Right. Mm-hmm. So Apple sells a lot of its own hardware. Well, although those stores are big, man, they have Xboxes and Surfaces. Like they That's do true. They sell, sell Xboxes, stuff. Surfaces. They just yeah. don't have the like. I even thought like they always have the Xbox right in the front, and you can play it, but there's no one ever there. Uh, see, I, that's the thing I always, I only see p- people doing is doing uh, Just Dance, and that's all <laughs> that the Microsoft Store ever has. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. So. <laughs> But yeah, the, so the 19th is the anniversary. Stop by your Apple store. Maybe they'll have something special going on. We don't know. I don't know if they will. Mm-hmm. They often, Apple isn't big into yeah, anniversaries highly. and stuff. So, I mean, there's some yeah. landmark anniversaries. I don't think Apple would consider one of them. But I do say, if you are planning to go to an Apple store on the 19th, mm-hmm. go at opening. Because when you go at opening and they open the doors, the... Uh, the Apple Store employees will actually applaud as you uh, enter the store. Uh, they do that every freaking day. Yeah, they do that every day. I I, I went to an Apple Store before work. <laughs> I thought that once. was just for the grand opening. Yeah, no, it's every day. I went there. Oh my god, I'd hate to work there. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the Apple Store in Union Square once to get a cable, and I did the self checkout and felt like I was stealing something. <laughs> and as the doors, it was just an ordinary day. There was nothing special. And they all stood there and applauded oh as we entered the store. <laughs> yeah. So if we did that for you at work, Roman, would you be like, you know, when you walked in? I think after a while, I'd be like, all right, all right. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. So, but every once in a while, that would make me feel uh, feel good. So. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, if you know, if you're ever feeling down, go to an Apple store in the morning. Wake up at seven thirty and go to the Apple store yeah. and cheer, cheer so. up. It's been thirty dollars on a cable. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spent thirty dollars on a cable that probably cost two dollars to make. So, for, for all our listeners, uh, live viewers, tweet at Roman the hand clapping emoji uh, because it'll really make his day. Apparently, it's at Pinatubo two thousand. Yeah, so uh, I will appreciate any 
applauding gifts or icons every morning that that'll make my day i'm not doing that room (laughs) (laughs) well on that note (laughs) (laughs) that wraps up the mackerel podcast episode 605 so i'd like to thank mike simon on the east coast Hope you don't run into any <laughs> thunderstorms or tornadoes. Uh, tornado, we had a tornado watch. I was freaking out, but but uh, Leif's <laughs> Midwest wisdom talked me down. <laughs> I'd like to thank the wise Midwestern wisdom. I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Leif Johnson. Thank you, Leif. Thank you. Thanks to our producer, Dan Masuoko. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And thanks for people who uh, just stood by our technicalities this morning. Yes. yes. Definitely. Yes. Thanks to the you, you guys out there watching us. Thank you for standing by us as we tried to figure out what, what was going on. So we're sorry for that. Hopefully next week uh, things will go a little bit smoother. You know, stuff happens. So, But uh, join us next week Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll post the topics uh, probably like the day before. Uh, and hope you can join us. Thank you very much. Thank you. 